everyone in this room has something to boast about. Everybody does. And you may compare yourself to somebody else, but you could really think about something you have that, like, it's pretty cool. Something you have done that you, it's pretty impressive. Or something you're able to do because you're talented and you may not be as talented as that person, but you've got some talent, some skill, and you're really good. So you've got, we all have things that we could boast about. However, as we were reminded in the second week of this boast series, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus. Whatever we might boast about, whatever we might say is so cool, so impressive, so valuable, valuable about us, everything else is worthless when compared to knowing Jesus Christ. When you think of how great Jesus is and how, what he's done for people, we realize what I've done is not, not worthy. It's not that great. That love that Jesus has for us is so great, so awesome. That's why we sing praises about him and to him, and it's so wonderful. It's irresistible. It compels us to know him. It's that great that we gather together. You, many of you have given your life to that. And so I want to ask this question. If Jesus is so irresistible then why do you think so many people resist him? If what you know about Jesus is so good, he is so awesome, our God is an awesome God, he is so good and he does mighty powerful things and he's been great in my life and everything I have I owe to him. If he's so great, then why do so many people find him resistible? Why are people turned off to him? I'm going to quote a guy who's a local preacher, church leader, Andy Stanley, who is um, known for this statement. How did we, referring to Christians, become so resistible? Jesus' top three commandments were to love God, to love one another, and even to love your enemy. That was three, sorry. <laughs> what is there to resist about that? What's resistible about loving? There should be nothing resistible about the church except our loyalty to Jesus Christ. End of quote. If we're obeying Jesus and loving everybody and God and even our enemies, there'd be no arguments, no conflict. What would be resistible about that? Who wouldn't want to get in on that? Everybody would be flocking like, I don't know if I necessarily agree with everything they believe, but man, they are the best people. They are just so good and kind and helpful and friendly and forgiving. Several years ago, a book was written, a study was done, and then a book written about what causes so many people to resist following Jesus or more accurately, to resist becoming a Christian, resist being a part of the church. The two of those, I believe there are six reasons, two of the top reasons that someone would resist following Jesus are, I bet you could guess. I'll go ahead and tell you though. One, 
hypocritical Christians. That's people who claim to follow Jesus, but their lifestyle is no different from anyone else who doesn't claim to follow Jesus. People who come to church on Sunday, talk a good game, and then Monday morning at school or Friday night at football games or anytime in between, they're acting like everybody else. So why would I get in on that? Why would I give up my Sunday and, you know, pay and have more, pay money, meaning offering, or have more rules? Why would I get into that if you act the same as me, if our lives are pretty much the same? No, thank you. That's, that's one of the reasons. Another reason is judgmental Christians. That would be people who think they're better than others because of how they live, and namely because of how they follow Jesus. Judgmental Christians. People who think I'm better than you because of how I follow Jesus. Christians are often seen as prideful and quick to find fault in other people. Christians are. The same ones who follow a leader who said, love God, love others, and even love your enemy are, so, are seen as being so quick at finding fault in other people, whether they're Christians or not Christians. If they're not Christians, we point fingers and say, I cannot believe you, how dare you? And they are Christians, I'm better than you, at least I'm not doing what that guy is doing. That's what Christians are often known for. And their pride and boasting, Christians may be more focused on condemning people than helping them become more like Jesus. I'm not saying that's what actually is happening. Y'all hear me? That's just the perception of people that some Christians have given people this perception, more interest in condemning others, you know what condemning means? Telling them how wrong and bad they are than helping them get to know the right way, helping them know Jesus. Maybe you've known people like that. Maybe you've had a bad experience with that very thing. Maybe you're a victim of someone treating you disrespectfully or rudely or in a condemning way because of something you believe or they have a, an air of superiority. I'm better than you are. Maybe you've experienced that. Some people think that Christianity is all about doing the right things. So they work really hard at being morally right. If Christianity is all about making sure you do everything right, now listen, some of you, that's what you think. Christianity is about getting everything right. I better not make any mistakes. I better not mess up. It's just about getting all the things right. All the things including my actions, my mindset, my words, um, what I watch, what I look at, everything. It better be right. And so they work really hard to be morally right to have all the right answers, to go to the right church, they would probably, these Christians would probably acknowledge, you see my air quotes, no one is perfect. They would acknowledge that because they know I'm not perfect. So what they're really implying is that I'm just better than or more right than those people, whoever those people are, other Christians who don't do it right or non-Christians. I'm just, I, I'm not perfect I'm just better than those people. I'm more right than those people. Do you know anybody like that? You don't have to answer out loud. Don't point at anybody. Do you know anybody like that? 
oh, it's so frustrating because I'm like, wait a minute, I'm a Christian. That's not how we're supposed to act. But you say you're a Christian and that's, that's the impression you're giving people. That's not cool, man. Just drop the Christian name and be something else because you're giving us a bad name. We don't need you to mess up our gig. So tonight, Christians, people who wear the name of Christ, let me talk to you specifically. Let me, let's make sure we get this right. I want to make sure that following Jesus, let me make sure I get this right. Oh, boasting. I want us to make following Jesus look as irresistible as it actually is. If, if Jesus is so irresistible, irresistible, I want to follow him like he is so awesome. Who wouldn't want that? Then we, his people, his followers, let's make following Jesus look irresistible. If you are not yet a Christ follower, thank you for being here. That's bold to walk into a place where you know it's a bunch of people who believe something you're not sure you fully believe yet. That's bold. And I think that's awesome. And so props to you and thank you for being here. You're welcome here. We're all trying to figure out how to follow Jesus better. So I hope you'll hear something tonight that uh, encourages you to know Jesus better. I, I think you might also hear something tonight as I talk about what, talk to us Jesus people about uh, some things we maybe have done wrong and how we need to get it right. So the key question tonight is this. Is the way you boast causing anyone to resist following Jesus? What I mean by boast is, we just said, if you're going to boast about anything, boast about the Lord. Is the way that you are boasting about the Lord done in such a way that it causes other people to resist following Jesus? So what would cause other people to resist following Jesus? Well, I told you a couple ways earlier. We're going to focus specifically on having a judgmental attitude tonight. So if you know that this is something about you, I want you to hear a passage from Scripture that is in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And if you were to read 1 Corinthians chapter 5, you would be like, seriously, this stuff is in the Bible? This is... Like, are we allowed to talk about this? And instead of reading that whole section, I'm just going to summarize. And because I'm going to treat you like responsible people who can handle stuff that's in the Bible, I'm going to just tell you, Paul, the writer, is writing a letter to a group of people who lived in a, a town called Corinth that was a jacked up town. I mean, a huge city, actually. And people were doing really bad stuff. And so some of these people were coming to know Jesus, which is great. But as they did that, they started boasting about, well, I follow Jesus now, so I'm going to be forgiven. I, can, I have freedom. I can do whatever I want. And there was at least one man that was pointed out specifically that he was having sex with his father's wife. That's messed up. And Paul writes about that saying, this is not okay. And that person is sitting right in here now. Not really. He's writing to a people a long time ago. Something that was really messed up and he's writing to a church saying, that dude is still coming to your church and singing and lifting his hands, praising, and you know about it. Everybody knows about it because they whispered and talked about it. Everybody knows about it. And you're letting this little, this sin, it's not a little sin, but you're letting this sin start to infect everybody 
And why would anybody in the world think, I want to go be a part of that. They're so loving. They're so awesome. I want to be a part of that place. If you're letting it be okay in your place for that kind of thing to happen, that kind of sexual sin. And so that's what he's addressing in this chapter. Now he's about to say something at the end of this chapter that I think is worth us noting because Paul is a very um, righteous man. He did things in a right way as much as we can tell after he started following Jesus. I believe I have it on the screen. So the last couple of verses in that chapter says this. It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders. And by outsiders, we're not trying to label people. We're just trying to explain people who aren't in the church, people who don't go here, people who don't yet, they're just not here. They don't follow Jesus yet. But it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. God will judge those on the outside, but as scriptures say, you must remove the evil person from among you. There is a time to judge. There is a time to tell someone you're doing wrong. But many people get boastful like, well, I know the right thing to do, and as I'm not doing anything wrong. And really by saying, there are people out there. Do you know, Rocky, what people at our school are doing? And I don't know at all. <laughs> I don't. They keep coming up with new ways to like sin. I, it's amazing. But I know some of the same things are the same generation after generation. I know. Sexual sin, people hurting their bodies, drugs, alcohol, doing things that are very hurtful to themselves and others, and lying about it and making a big, funny, fun thing. I, I get it. There's sin. I'm just telling you, Christians, it is not our place to judge them. And based on that study, based on that survey, they often feel very judged by Christians. Like we're picking them apart, finding fault. Oh, I know what you did. You're, you're, you're a bad dude. We put them in categories and label them. You're a, a bad person. Whatever label, you don't call them a bad person. Whatever label you put on that. And Paul is telling us, we don't have that attitude towards outsiders. Because when we do that, we develop attitudes of arrogance and condemning others that are so, that's not what Jesus told us to do. As a matter of fact, he told us in Matthew 7, it's recorded, Jesus told us, Matthew 7, beginning part, Do not judge others, and you won't be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is a standard by which you will be judged. That's not to say that God won't judge them. He told them the right thing or the wrong thing to do. He did. So it is not my place to judge them. Now I will tell you, I want to help you know the right way to go. I do want to help you know that's hurting your life. That's a bad decision. It's, it's going to hurt you. But I can still love you. I can still be kind to you. I'm not going to keep looking and finding fault and saying, I see that little bit of, you got a little something on your cheek there while you got this big old plank hanging out, out of your eye. You're, he is saying, you, you let God take care of judging people. This is what we are to be about. This is a, another writing from Paul. Oh, actually, excuse me. This is from uh, what Jesus told us. Here's what you're to be about. You want to know what your commands are, your orders are? I, Jesus told him the night before he gave his life 
for us. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Not judge. Not tell them how right they should be. Not tell them all the right things to do, but love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love one another. Oop. Sorry, guys. Where am I here? Thank you, guys. Thanks. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. You want those, look, look at my air quotes, outsiders, those people who aren't following Jesus right now, you want them to know Jesus? I do too. Christians, that's what we should be about. We should make following Jesus irresistible. You want them to know Jesus? Don't tell them all the things they're doing that are wrong. Love them. Love one another. Extend grace. Don't find fault. Show grace. Finally, all right, I got it right. Paul wrote in Philippians, this is the same, this is the attitude you should have. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress other people. Sometimes we tell people how wrong they are to try to impress one another. That happens among Christians. I want to look right, so I'm going to talk about how bad homosexuality is, or I'm going to talk about how bad um, a, a particular political candidate is who I don't agree with. I'm going to talk bad about that when really you're just trying to impress other people, or we boast, we boast about how good we are or go to church. You might say, Oh, it's no big deal. I, I go to church, so it's understandable if I do some things that are wrong because it kind of balances out. We're just trying to impress others. God's not impressed. God's not impressed when we just do the right things because he told us to love others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves, or another way of saying is think more about others than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. That attitude Jesus had towards others, Jesus can have an attitude. Jesus will, be, Jesus will be the judge. Jesus will determine whether people have known him or not known him, but, but Christ followers. We should be busy showing the world grace, showing people love, being the servant of everyone, being kind, we should be the quickest to forgive and let go of grudges and not hold on to, you know, divisions. One other sneaky way this slips in among Christians is to be judgmental of even other Christians and say our way of doing church is better than your way of doing church. I think my church is better than your church. Oh, that girl goes to that church in town, that, you know, that big one that's just up the road, goes to that big church, she doesn't even act like a Christian. And that's kind of an attitude, an air of boasting that we get, but we do it right. Our church, we get it right. That's a sneaky way. You think an, a non-believer, someone who doesn't know Jesus yet, is going to want to go to either one of those churches? No. They don't have anything to do with that. Our goal, our mission is to help people know Jesus, to make following Jesus look irresistible. And the best way to do that is to show grace. The best way to do that is to be loving and kind, even if they're doing something you know is wrong. Even if they're doing something that's not good, not healthy for them. Now here's the challenge that you're going to get to talk about in a small group. That leaves me with a lot of tension to have this, to hear this talk and hear Jesus say, love people. 
But then in other places, he says very clearly some things that are right and wrong. So that leaves me with a lot of tension that you are going to probably not solve tonight. But you are going to get to discuss in small group about, so I know we're not supposed to judge, and I know we're supposed to love, but what do we do about people who are doing wrong? How do we help them know Jesus? How do we help following Jesus look irresistible if they're doing such wrong? Christian people, people who follow Jesus, you, we got to get this right. This is our command from Jesus to love one another. We got to get this right. So I'm, I'm sending you out in a small group to have some conversation that you're not going to resolve tonight. But I want you to talk about how are we making following Jesus resistible. That's the negative version. And let's pray about removing any of those ways. Let's repent of anything we're doing to turn people off to following Jesus. I'm going to pray over you now. If you do not know where your small group is after the prayer, you're welcome to find me here at the stage and I'll help you connect to that. I'm so grateful for our small group leaders who are willing to facilitate conversations that are difficult. Like, I, I just know to follow Jesus and, uh, and yet wrestle, wrestle with these tough topics. So uh, I'm going to pray over them and you guys. Father, I, I, don't, I don't know how to live within that tension of, I want to be right and good and submit to you and obey you. But the most right thing you told us to do is to love everyone. To not be judgmental. If we're going to get this right, we got to figure out how to love everyone and also do whatever you tell us to do, no matter what the people around us are doing. And that's so hard in this world that says anything goes. And for whatever reason, they have... Some people have not chosen to follow you yet. We want to be a part of the solution that helps them see how irresistible Jesus is. What does that look like? Please help small group leaders who are wrestling with that have words to say and know when to listen tonight. Help teenagers, young people, middle school and high school who are trying to figure that out. And for those who aren't following Jesus yet, they may have experienced the turnoff of Christians who are acting unloving. They may have been wounded. And so I pray for this to be a safe place where they experience your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.